The peace of our Lord be with you. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Whatever those words from today's epistle passage may have meant on the ears of those who first heard them, for us, they are a reminder that the same salvation which we sometimes make mostly about where we live in the next life is in Scripture also about how we live in this life. Whenever we make salvation more about being with Jesus in the next life than being like Jesus in this life, we open the door to the widespread Christian contradiction of those who accept Christ for the next life, but who do not follow Jesus in this life. A contradiction which Richard Rohr captures in his observation that once we turned Christianity from a way of life into an established religion back there in the fourth century, we created our current situation in which a person can be as self-centered and unkind as they wish and still say that Jesus is their personal Lord and Savior. The answer to which, I believe, is to recover the truth that salvation is not primarily about a problem and how to fix it, but about a life and how to live it about a love and how to give it. What today's epistle passage calls working out our salvation in fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Fear and trembling not because we are afraid God will reject us if we don't get it right, Fear and trembling not because we're worried that God will love us less if we remain complicated and complex, wounded, limited, and flawed. We know better than that because we know, as William Sloan Coffin so beautifully put it, that there is more mercy in God than there is sin in us. No. The reason we continue working out our salvation in fear and trembling is that as far as we know, 
this is the one and only life we are ever going to have in this world. As far as we know, we are not going to get to come back around, do this over, and get it right next time. That is why we keep working on, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Because if it is true that we are not going to get to come back around, do this over, and get it right next time, then we do not want to underlive the one and only life we are ever going to have, being petty and small-minded, shallow and narrow, manipulative and controlling, deceptive, hard, harsh, unforgiving, suspicious, envious, jealous, reckless, and unkind. That's why we continue to work on working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's why we get up every morning living the prayer. Our late poet priest Mary Oliver gave us when she said that unforgettable sentence, another morning and I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not yet have. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. As Paul puts it in the next to last verse of today's epistle passage, which, as you will no doubt have noticed, is followed immediately by the last verse of today's epistle passage, where Paul, having told us in verse 12, to work out our salvation tells us in verse 13 that God is working in the same salvation that we are working on working out. Which must mean that we have not been left to work out our salvation all by ourselves. Rather, the Spirit of God is with us to help us. The Holy Spirit working in what we are working on, working out. And if that is true, then perhaps it is more possible than we might first have thought. Perhaps it is more possible than we have imagined. 
for us to live whatever is left of our lives as deeply, fully, and faithfully as we long and yearn and ache to live. Many years ago, 30 years ago, I guess, my dear, beloved, spiritual mentor and friend, Kirby Godsey, called me one day and said, I'm getting rid of some books, and I've got one that I think just sort of has your name on it. So next time you're by the university, come and I'll give it to you. It was a book I'd never seen or read or heard of. This tiny, you know, what, 90 pages long, little four by six, 90 page book, Thomas Kelly's A Testament of Devotion. Page after page after page. Easily one of the five most important books I've ever read in my life. It's old and it's dated and it was written in the 40s, but oh, Thomas Kelly was that great Quaker. One of the many sentences in that book that lives in my life comes very early in it, where Thomas Kelly talks about being in his early 20s. He might have been 20, 22 years old. And he was at Haverford College, a Quaker college. And his spirit was being stretched and changed and transformed. And he went into the office of one of his professors. And he sat down in a chair across from his professor and said, I'm just going to make my life a miracle. I'm just going to make my life a miracle. And you and I hear that and we think, oh, well, you know, I'm just, try I'm just trying to pay the bills and get by and make it to tomorrow. But you know you can pay the bills and get by and make it or not make it to tomorrow and still make your life a miracle. Yes, you can. Because the same salvation that we have been called to work on working out is the salvation that God is working in. We're just passing each other on a two-way street. God's working it in, and we are working it out. So perhaps we have given up too soon on all those big, beautiful words like righteousness and holiness. Perhaps it is indeed possible for us, as Paul said to the Philippians, to shine like stars in the night, in the world. Perhaps we can become, at least in certain moments, luminous with holiness. What Barbara Brown Taylor calls see-through with light. Don't you want to be see-through with light? Agendaless, transparent, luminous with holiness. Perhaps we can become persons of careful, truthful speech who really are quick to listen and slow to speak, renouncing all of our old tactics and strategies exaggerations and cleverness 
by which we navigate our way through this world. Abandoning all of that for a way of being in the world and a way of being in the room, which Marilyn Robinson calls soft and serious, what the Quakers call gentle and plain. If God really is working in what we are working on, then perhaps the mind of Christ might someday be so fully formed in us that the cross of Christ will at last, at last become not only a place in Jerusalem for Jesus to die, but a life in Jackson for us to live. Our lives stretched all the way up to God and all the way out to others in a simultaneously vertical and horizontal cross-formed life of love. Our moral compass of integrity as true as our wingspan of welcome is wide. And our wingspan of welcome as wide as our moral compass of integrity is true. God working in what we are working on until the Holy Spirit and the human spirit become so fully integrated in our ordinary everyday lives that we can no longer tell where one ends and the other begins. God working in what we are working on until eventually we actually reach that place in our lives at which, as Naomi Shihab Nye says, the only thing which ties our shoes in the morning and sends us out into the world is kindness. However much or little is left of the one and only life we are ever going to have in this world, made more strong and true, gentle and tender, uncluttered and agendaless, brave and kind, because on an ordinary Sunday morning in September, we decided that rather than give up, <laughs> we would keep working on, working out the same salvation God is working in. Amen.